More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Team, welcome to the Freedom Hut Monday, March 28th edition of the program coming to you from florida tallahassee no less appreciate uh, all of you tuning in we're going to talk about biden stepping on it right after his speech he went off the cuff and off the rails in warsaw over the weekend what sounded like a regime change call became quite a problem for his state department and white house to walk back regime change of vladimir putin of course we'll discuss that Plus, China's going into a massive lockdown in Shanghai, and COVID cases are surging there as well as other places. What does that mean for us going forward in terms of the fight against COVID? A minimum tax for billionaires, they're talking about it as of this morning, and the slap scene around the world. Got some thoughts, but not too many, on Will Smith slapping Mr. Chris Rock on stage at the Oscars, which I did, in fact, watch some of last night, including that live moment. So we will dive into all of that together here in just a moment. Look, you know what's happening to cops is a disgrace in so many cases in terms of the media's portrayal of them, the way progressive prosecutors will pull the rug out from under them, even go after them. Hostile activists, rogue prosecutors, liberal media trying to make cops the problem when they're actually the solution. You need to help out our men and women in police uniform across the country. The Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund at policedefense.org educates the public on the risks and threats associated with being an officer today. They raise funds to support police financially burdened as a result of being wrongfully charged. They can't help without generous support from people like you. Go to policedefense.org. See what they're doing to support our heroic officers and their families. In an era of defund the police, learn about defending the police. Use the simulator. See the types of decisions police must make every day on the street. Stand up for our men and women in blue. Help today at policedefense.org. That's policedefense.org. Joe Biden is on the world stage, and that's troubling because 
he looks like somebody who really is way past having any kind of intense job, never mind being the leader of the free world, the president of the United States. Joe Biden is not in a position, does not have the energy, does not have the acuity to handle all of this. And yet we're to believe that somehow this is so much better than what had come before with Donald Trump. Of course, that's absurd, but that is what we are dealing with here, my friends. This is the reality all around us. Whenever Joe Biden steps out and starts speaking, you say he projects weakness. He projects mumbles and stumbles and platitudes. And it's the same. It feels like the same Joe Biden day in and day out. And then they have to do cleanup on aisle. Oh, my God. And this was one of the most prominent examples of it in recent memory, at least. Here is Biden. He's giving a speech in Warsaw, a fiery speech about our allies. They need to stay unified and all this kind of stuff. Pretty much boilerplate with regard to the NATO alliance. And uh, we're sending the Ukrainians weapons to fight back against the Russians. And here is Biden telling, uh, telling everybody that Putin, this is when he went off script, cannot remain in power. Play one. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principles, hope and light of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. This man cannot remain in power. That is the claim here from the leader of the free world, Joe Biden, president of the United States. That sounds to a lot of people like a call for regime change, if not the explicit explanation of a regime change policy. It certainly Something along those lines. This man cannot remain in power. He didn't say this man is a bad leader. He didn't say I wish he would uh, you know, think about stepping down. He said he cannot remain in power when talking to the allies, when firing them up, when doing all these things that are meant to bring us together in opposition to Russia. He created a problem, a problem. Here is former State Department officer Corey Shake, for example, on Biden's sloppiness and how this makes the whole situation worse. Play clip two. Well, I certainly think Vladimir Putin uh, doesn't need to be provoked. He's already lashing out and dangerous. But the president's sloppy lack of discipline will make it harder for Russia to capitulate. Right. Um, and so I think the president ought to have just stuck with the speech about allied unity rather than closing on a line that allies actually don't agree on and that will make it harder for Ukraine to achieve its objectives of pushing Russia out and restoring peace to Ukraine. So I wish he hadn't said it. It was unhelpful, but I don't think it's a major ordeal. Not a major ordeal. Well, when you're dealing with nukes in the background, of course, you, you don't want unforced errors. And I would just note that if this were something that President uh, Trump had said, the media would be acting like he had just missed pressing the button to nuke Moscow. I mean, the media would be in apoplectic rage frenzy. They would be losing their minds. But because it's Biden, it's, oh, well, you know, he just... Good old Joe, he said something, and it's not his fault, and what can you do? But even former acting CIA uh, chief Mike Morrell, guy that at one point I remember working for, even he said, look, this was a big unforced error. Play 10. 
So I think his comment that Putin um, had to go was an unforced error. It strengthens Putin at home, makes it difficult for any domestic opposition to coalesce together. And no Russian citizen, none, um, wants to be told by the leader of Russia's main enemy about what their leadership can look like and not. Um, the broader framing I worry about as well. Um, I think we should frame this narrowly. Russia out of Ukraine and impose so much pain on this man that he never thinks about doing this again. I think framing it as democracy versus autocracy drives the Chinese closer to the Russians and makes it difficult for some of our own allies who are autocrats to stand with us. He's correct in a lot of that analysis. You see, notice how just because somebody is a Democrat, I mean, Morrell was a big Hillary supporter, for example. I, I don't just attack their comments because, oh, I, I don't like that person. If they say something that's true and I think it's true, I'll tell you that, right? Morell's analysis here of Biden's gaffe is clear. Remember, remember, Joe Biden was brought on to be a foreign policy expert at some level. Joe Biden was supposed to be the guy that would guide Barack Obama on foreign policy. And Obama's foreign policy for eight years was disastrous. That got left out of the narrative in the 2020 election. But whether you're looking at Syria, Libya, Iraq, Afghanistan, China policy, you name it. Obama's foreign policy was eight years of retreat and failure. Remember the seizure of Crimea. When did that occur? Oh, that's right, on Obama's watch. And now the seizure of, uh, well, a lot of the east and the south and some of the north of Ukraine. That's also occurred on Joe Biden's watch. And there's a reason for all this. There are reasons why this is happening. And it's because these people aren't actually nearly as smart. Joe Biden's no, nowhere near the intellect that some in the journo establishment pretend to believe he is. They don't really think so, but they like to pretend. And we see the unfortunate results of this playing out. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about China and the lockdown situation there. Uh, they're in a two-stage lockdown of, well, financial hub of Shanghai, a city I've actually been in. We'll talk about this in a moment, friends, but uh, we're, we're not done with COVID unless we make it the end, meaning unless we get rid of all the madness, the policies, the masking, all the rest of it. We're not done until we say we are done. Fortune favors the bold, the strong, the brave. For your business to break out of anything holding you back, you need business checking as brave as you are. Introducing Novo Business Checking. Novo is powerfully simple business checking. Unlike the traditional banking model, Novo has no minimum balances, no transaction limits, and no hidden fees. Instead of a one-size-fits-all approach, Novo is customized to fit your business to save you time and free up cash flow with seamless integrations to Stripe, Shopify, QuickBooks Online, and more. Sign up for Novo for free and join the community of over 150,000 fearless small businesses who found the customizable business checking solution that admires their brave. Sign up for your free business checking account right now at Novo.co slash buck. That's Novo, N-O-V-O dot C-O slash buck. Listeners get access to over $5,000 in perks and discounts. Novo.co slash buck. Novo Platform Inc. is a fintech, not a bank. Banking services provided by Middlesex Federal Savings, F.A., member FDIC, terms and conditions apply. Situation in China right now is deeply concerning uh, because, remember, they're still they're still in a place where they're using lockdowns. And China was always 
the canary in the coal mine, so to speak. China was always ahead of us from the beginning of this pen. Of course, it, it comes from China, as we all know, but I'm saying that the policies and the way that they decided to do unprecedented things to try to lock down, that was ahead of where we were. And right now, we're in a, in a period where this is where the virus naturally, in the U.S. at least, uh, in, in the U.S., we know we're at a low caseload right now because that's just the season out, the seasonal effect. Plus, there's a lot of natural immunity that's built up. Plus, there is uh, some some immunity from the vaccines that continues, and people are getting boosted. It, it's remarkable to see. I, I was uh, on Twitter over the weekend a little bit. I spent some time in Jacksonville, Florida, which I got to say is uh, the beach there is just beautiful. But Jacksonville is a it's a cool town, at least the beach area. I didn't really get to be in the downtown. And uh, I spent some time just doing what I do, scrolling through the news. And there was some doctor, I think in the UK, who was tweeting out a photo of himself with a full-on respirator, like a gas mask-looking respirator, and uh, shared that he was angry that people were going shopping in the grocery stores without masks on. I mean, this is this is a mental illness, and, and I don't say I don't say that to mock. I say that as assessment. This person, this doctor, doctors could have all, all illnesses, including mental illnesses, just like they're just people, too. This is somebody who has an MD by his name and a mental illness that he needs to treat uh, because this is insane. So everyone else is supposed to wear gas masks for the rest of their lives for a virus that I've already had twice. I've already gotten this thing. I already have immunity to the strains that I have gotten in the past. So I'm going to go around forever with a mask or a gas mask on. It's insane. Uh, the unfunny comedian Kathy uh, Kathy Griffin tweeted out a photo of herself getting her fourth booster shot, and you, you just—they're bragging about this as though this is something that anybody who reads the news would still think is worthy of of sharing publicly in in any context, right? I'm getting my fourth booster in one year. Think about that—fourth booster shot, or rather, fourth shot, two boosters in one year. And they tell us how much all of this works. They tell us how this stuff is so incredibly, uh, amazingly effective, whether it's masking or, you know, notice you don't even hear about social distancing anymore. Maybe they should admit that that was a moronic idea, moronic idea. But you don't even hear about it, do you? You certainly don't hear about Lysol wiping your groceries. You also don't see them locking down public playgrounds just to punish the public. Th there was a sense of we had to sacrifice our lives for the greater good and it was just sacrifice. There was no greater good. It was just sacrifice. It was your kids can't go out and play. You can't go to your job. You can't live your life. You can't be at restaurants. No funerals, no weddings, none of those things that mark moments in our lives that are important. None of it. No graduations. No birthday parties. That was the way that they decided to handle this. And it was all idiocy. They were wrong. And there's panic right now at supermarkets in Shanghai because they're being forced into a lockdown. Here's a story from Reuters. China's financial hub of Shanghai launched a two-stage, a, a two-stage lockdown of its 26 million residents today, closing bridges and tunnels and restricting highway traffic to contain surging COVID cases. The snap lockdown, which was announced by local government on Sunday, will split China's most populous city roughly along the Hangpu River for nine days to allow for staggered testing by healthcare workers in white hazmat suits. China right now has its second biggest city, over 20 million people. I mean, Shanghai is absolutely huge. I've been to Shanghai. It's cool. I did not really. Uh, it's 26 million residents. 
I didn't really like Beijing that much. The Great Wall is cool, but other than that, I was not a fan of Beijing. Shanghai is an interesting. I mean, they're all interesting, but Shanghai I could recommend visiting again. Uh, I, I have no interest in going back to Beijing anytime. Point here being, it's a massive city, and they're locking down again. They're locking down again. Think about this. Where it's it's the year 2022. It's almost April. It has been two years, and they're doing lockdowns. Now, I bring this up not just because it's a warning about how even the most strict COVID, you know, COVID maniacs running a policy for the Chinese Communist Party health policy, even they haven't been able to stop this virus. Yes, that is true. But beyond that, uh, this is what happens in a society where freedom keeps being, well, there is really no freedom in China, but you keep going back to this because the people in charge don't care about the negative consequences of these of these actions, and they don't want to admit if they stop doing it at some level. And this is where the lesson is for all of us. If they stop doing it, it's almost an admission of they weren't right to do it in the first place. Right. Why? There's still a virus out there. So what? Oh, so it doesn't work. The moment they stop doing these things, then the people figure out that this doesn't work. So there's a there's a momentum to this. There's a this is the standard operating procedure, and that is, of course, disastrous in the context of these kinds of lockdowns. So I just want us to be be aware of the fact that even in this country where we've gotten a, a lot of the lockdown stuff uh, has been stopped, a lot of the lockdown stuff is no longer when I say lockdown stuff, I mean masks, you know, the uh, vaccine passports. They will try to bring this stuff back in the blue areas and they will use this as a political weapon going into the midterms in whatever way they can to expand mail and mail in voting to just any place they can see political advantage from the abuse of covid madness. The Democrats will do it this year. Just be ready for it. And we are going to have to fight against it. And now on to for a moment here, the uh, the slap scene around the world at the Oscars. Why was I watching the Oscars? Well, I'm staying with friends down here in Tallahassee, and uh, we just figured let's just put it on the screen for a moment. We had a nice dinner, so it was four hours long. I'd say I watched less than an hour of the Oscars, maybe 30, 40 minutes. But I happened to be watching when the uh, Will Smith, uh, Chris Rock slap on the stage happened. For those of you who weren't watching, Will Smith, one of the most famous movie stars in the world, didn't like a joke made about his wife, uh, Jada Smith's uh, hair. She apparently has alopecia. And Chris Rock on the stage at the Oscars made a joke about it. And uh, he got up, Will Smith got up and slapped Chris Rock in the face pretty hard. And Chris Rock kind of kept going and just presented the award. And that was that. Now we're being told that they have they have made up. They have squashed the problem, whatever. But it's the only part of it. Look, I, I think Hollywood is desperate and far less relevant, far less important to our culture than it used to be. Uh, unfortunately, that that power of political narrative creation and, and cultural relevance has really just moved to Netflix, Amazon, Twitter, social media platforms, uh, TikTok. That's where the social that that's what's determining much more of the culture now. Uh, than certainly than Hollywood movies of the Hollywood movies that were even being honored or awarded things last night. I had heard of two or three of them. I'd seen only one of them, which was Dune, which was actually pretty good. If you like Frank Herbert's uh, Dune novel, I think that the 
the uh, movie version of Dune that they came out with was actually quite good. But anyway, in general, it's it's not important or relevant to the culture. What I thought was fascinating were the reactions, though, to this, because you get a sense of where people are in their philosophy about, you know, silence equals violence, words equals violence, but violence doesn't equal violence somehow. The, the left uh, and a lot, a lot of people that are cultural progressives or just progressives in general, they seem to think, yeah, that's right. Will Smith was, you know, standing up for uh, standing up for his woman. And that's no, no, we, you actually can't hit people because you don't like what they say. This is a pretty fundamental thing in society. This is a pretty straightforward concept. You don't have a right to physically strike someone. And for people to argue, I say, okay, what if he had hit him closed fist and knocked out three of his teeth? What if he had shattered his jaw or broken his nose? Still still valid? Still okay? You know, you, you, you push this a little bit. You say, well, what is the act in response to the word? If you're going to say, well, it was just an open hand slap, well, yeah, that would be taken into account by a judge. Or, or by a prosecutor. Now, I know that he's, he's not pressing charges, so this will be a moot point. But as a general concept here, you're not allowed to hit people. It is, I should say, it is wrong. Forget it, not allowed. It is wrong to hit people because you don't like something they have said. All right. And I know people say, oh, but what about if they yell at their attack dog to attack you? I'm talking about content, not about words that lead to you know, direct action, meaning if someone tells their bodyguard to punch you in the face and, and you react, that's different. Right? That's different than I don't like the joke you made. And here here we are seeing so many people that have. First of all, it's, it's a horrible example for America. I'm just going to say it. it's a horrible example uh, that that Will Smith did this. I'm I'm somebody who really appreciates Will Smith's uh, work as an actor. I mean, I think he's a great entertainer. Uh, I like a lot of his movies. And I think Chris Rock is is funny. I, I, he's not really my he's not my my favorite comedian, but he's he is funny. Uh, and so last night you you watch this, and there are people, members of Congress, even saying, "Yeah, that's right. You know, slap him, show him, show him what's up." No, no, that's wrong. We we don't do that. That's not the right thing to do. And so I, I guess there's the debate around the moment that all, all of a sudden greatly outpaces uh the the incident itself and that is that is what we saw um that is what we're seeing right now so i i don't have a ton of thoughts on this i, I don't i didn't think it was necessary to lead the show that it's, it's all over the media because it gets clicks and i understand but there are some things that we should remember and one of them is that if we're going to live in a civilized society you cannot respond to uh commentary or thoughts you don't like with violence it's very straightforward, um, and there are prohibitions, legal prohibitions against this for a good reason. And everyone's like, yeah, but I want to I sound tough, so I'm going to say I support this. No, there's plenty of ways. He could have come up to him, you know, he could have come up to him off stage and, you know, and, and had his words with him. Uh, he could have, uh, you know, what he said, by the way, he yelled out a bunch of uh, profanity about how it's not funny. That's totally fine, right? Words and words. That's fine. I'm not saying he has to sit there and just take it. I'm not saying he has to sit there and, you know, let his wife be humiliated or whatever. I, I wouldn't sit there under the circumstances if I really felt um, like she had been maligned in a, in a way that was uh, upsetting. I would say something. But to walk up when someone's doing their job, by the way, I mean, he's he's in he's paid to do this, right? He's an Oscar presenter. 
to walk up and hit him while he's doing his job in the face in front of a billion or not. It's not a billion, but however many people watch the Oscars. They always say it's like a billion, but I'm, this year is probably like five million. Who knows? Um, that's not OK. I, I think this is very straightforward. That's why I didn't spend that much time on it. But it's interesting to see people who want to rush to the defense of violence in the face of words that are um, hurtful or mean. Um, you know, especially considering those people, if it were, you know, if, if it were uh, uh, a different situation, if Bradley Cooper had not liked a joke and walked up on stage and slapped Chris Rock across the face, you know, they would treat this like the political social equivalent of DEFCON 1, imminent nuclear war. So that's my thoughts for uh, on that one. And uh, then one other funny thing. And I was in Jacksonville, and I just tweeted a joke, and I'm trying to remember, because libs have no sense of humor at all. So I just walked into a couple of coffee shops when I was there, and I got coffee. And I wrote, in northern Florida, when you ask for milk in your coffee, they just put, it, they just put milk in. There's no long discussion about, do you mean oat milk or soy, come on, or even almond milk, which is chalk water. Milk means milk. It's civilized down here. This is a joke. This is, I, I think it's very clear to anybody who's not, a, not like a has a third grade reading level that this is a joke. The number of blue checks of like official journos who have decided that this is a case to tell me that it's North Florida, not Northern Florida. And how dare you? And this shows your closed mindedness. And we have all the different kinds of milk here. And, and I, I mean, I'm not sitting here. I'm like, are you, are you, are you okay? Libs? Like, are the libs? Okay. It's a joke. It's very obviously a joke. Like I'm sitting here smiling, even just thinking about it. Like, oh. And then there are even some people who are somewhat on the right who are saying, I'm sorry, the blessings of capitalism have given you so many different choices of milk. Variations on that joke all over the place. The people who say that are morons, who, who do not know what a joke is. <laughs> so I don't know what else to tell them. I'm like, I'm not complaining that there is such a thing as oat milk. I'm making a joke about how in New York, when you say milk, they go oat milk. I'm like, no, if I wanted oat milk, I would say, can I have oat milk in my coffee? When I say milk, I just mean milk. This is not a big thing, right? This is like a very slice-of-life commentary thing. But, you know, I, I got a bunch of people that, that really, like, took offense to it and wanted to lecture me about it. They're all libs or sort of libertarians. Oh, I'm a libertarian. I believe in the capitalist free market. I'm like, I, why am I, what, what I'm saying has nothing to do with the free market, you idiots. I'm saying when I say milk, I mean cow milk, which is what the standard should be. If I want a different kind of milk, I'll say I want that other kind of milk. Also, they shouldn't call them milks because they are like almond juice or something. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Man, no one takes no one can take a joke these days, but the Buckster will not stop with the jokes. The commies can cry all they want. Thanks for along with me today here from Tallahassee, Florida. Talk to you tomorrow. Over and out. Shield time. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 